0: This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience
1: professionals. Hi, welcome to the Tom and Bob Show. This is Tom Dewitt, director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Bob Keipel,
0: retired from General Motors, and I know enough about CX to just get started here. So I'm relying on you, Tom and Laura.
1: All right, well, we're joined today by Laura Lawson. Laura Lawson uh, holds a position of Chief People Officer at United Shore. Um, She's a 1999 graduate of Michigan State University with a BA in Advertising. Uh, Laura has accepted an invitation to be a keynote speaker at the Fall 2020 CXM Best Practices Symposium, which is going to be held on October 29th at Michigan State University. Laura has been invited to present because all of the interesting strategies at United Shore employees to increase employee and, and, uh, pardon me, employee engagement and satisfaction. Um, Laura, let's start out by talking a little bit about your your career path. Uh, You've had a really interesting career path, including a stint as associate producer of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, can you take us through your career choices since leaving MSU and, and what brought you to your present role?
2: For sure. I have an unconventional path. Um, I am a creative. I've always been that way. And um, thinking back to in middle school and high school, when they do those assessments of what should your major be and where should you go to school, it always, the bot you know, system always told me advertising. And so um, I became drawn to that. and I love television. And so the obvious choice is what Michigan State University was number one for their advertising program. But um, I like that I've taken that advertising major in so many different paths. I started um, with the tried and true ad agency. I worked for Chrysler doing advertising, but to take the creativity to a next level, I had the opportunity to move out to Los Angeles. And like many people that moved to Los Angeles, like you are up against the gazillion people that are trying to make it in any factor of entertainment, whether that's the music industry, whether that's television. I ended up in television. So for nearly three years, I developed reality shows for Fox television. So I was there when American Idol launched, which was pretty amazing. Thinking back to that season one and no one even, we were begging people to audition. Um, <laughs> to what it is today. So it was cool to see the transformation of reality television You know, during that time. And then I had the opportunity to move over to Warner Brothers where they were testing two brand new talk shows. One was Sharon Osborne, um, Ozzy's wife. They had a big reality show at the time. And then the other one was Ellen DeGeneres, who was kind of coming back up to recoup her fame. Um, and at the point of the launch of the Ellen DeGeneres show, she had Finding Nemo. She wrote a book. She was on a comedy tour. Um, so kind of taking her into what is now, you know, that A-list celebrity status of where we are today. It was um, kind of an amazing honor to be, I was the first employee really hired for the Ellen DeGeneres show when i transitioned we were just starting up the test shows so it was two executive producers and me to be able to help kind of craft and hire on that whole staff um and to be able to work with somebody like ellen who uh, is just so kind um such a unique um creativity um it was something i was always proud to be a part of because her style of comedy she never takes anybody down she lifts people up and it's a very difficult um challenge for a comedian to just be pure creative and kind um, because even today when you think of a lot of our prominent comedians i mean People take shots at each other, you know, or it's more your rough and raw things and the rated R <laughs> type of comedy. So I think that she's special and stands alone in that, that she's just truly a kind person, but just, um, just a very giving person who is uber creative, which I love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on that show for five years. Um, my, really, my whole job was ideas and making celebrities interesting. Um, I also had the opportunity for three of those years to work with all of the um, musical guests and uh, serve as one of the producers on the producing team for their appearances, working with Paul McCartney's and working with from Prince to uh, um, Bowie. And I love music and so does Ellen. So not just being like one of those first shows, we were the first to have Maroon 5 Um, and to be able to like launch a lot of the careers for the people that today are like the Billboard chart toppers. Um, so it was that blend of the perfect universe of like, I love music. I love creativity. This is what I do for a living and having exposure. Um, was absolutely phenomenal, but then life hit, um, during the fifth season, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and I'm very close to my family. They're here based in Michigan. And so, um, when you're working on a show and you give that much, you like today I have PTO time, you know, I've got vacation time I can take that didn't exist. Um, working on a talk show you kind of got the breaks and we would have hi- hiatus. And so during my hiatus, I came home to see my mom and she, I lost her 12 days later. So mm. life hit and changed. So from that kind of whirlwind of my career and all the different, you know, avenues I took to get to kind of the Mecca, the number one talk show in America, I decided to leave it. Um, I decided that I had to kind of really think about what I was working for. Um, what are my goals? What's my vision? How else can I make an impact? And I decided to move back home to Michigan. And so um, as luck would align, I always feel like Spartans present themselves when you need them. Um, I was introduced to Matt Ishbia, who is the CEO of um, United Wholesale Mortgage and United Shore. Not sure. um, And today I've been here for nine years. Um, I am able to exhibit my creativity every day here. So I have a different audience. Uh, I think back to Ellen, when you're entertaining an audience of millions that you will never see, you will never know around the globe, Um, as nice as that is, here I can see and feel the difference I make. We have 6,000 employees. I know what I can do for them. I know what the things that I can implement here as a company to support them, their family members. And given this time right now uh, with COVID-19 virus, um, you feel it even more. And you know how genuine it is of all of our outreach and how we put our people first. And we just announced um, last week, and there was some pickup from, from the Cranes to free press and some national news of we made the commitment that out of those 6,000 team members, no one is getting laid off during this time. So I know that's a big load of my career, <laughs> to kind of to show you how uh, I really think when it sparked with creativity, um, the foundation of my education and what I was able to do with it, um, I feel like today is my best job. Like, I, I'm very honored to have worked for Allen, to have worked for Fox, and even Chrysler, all these great companies. Um, I found my best place, my best job, and what I've done here in nine years to kind of take all of that experience today. And I believe that what I'm doing today, like, this is, this is the last stop for me, you know, on that resume. Like, this is, this is where I'm meant to be. So, yeah, it's, it's been wow. quite a journey.
0: Fantastic. What a good story, huh? I'm so sorry about what you know led you back here that's you know that was sort of in my mind when you're talking about it it's like how could you leave such a perfect fantastic uh, uh, working 200 hours a day job I guess maybe that's part of it too huh you you look back and you remember all the cool good things you don't think back to
2: (laughs) when a guest would cancel and you I remember sleeping you know at the show and I kept slippers under my desk (laughs) very long hours um Great experience, but um, I think um, I'm one of you know optimists. Of I can't change what happened to my mom, but I can change um, the way I behave moving forward. And I think even in that loss, I kind of oddly found that I could be a leader. I lifted up my family during that time, and um, it made me stop and reflect on when you lose somebody. You know, what their gifts they leave behind is how they treated people, how they took care of others. It's not their things. You know, it's not the, the tangible item. So um, had I have not lost my mom, I oddly. I wouldn't be here in Michigan. I wouldn't be making the impact today. I wouldn't have my little boys. I probably wouldn't have gotten married and settled down. I mean, all, all those connection points that um, I'm, I'm proud that I, I out of a loss, you know, I, I live more for her and instead of, you know, it, it taking me back and breaking me down. And, and I help a lot of people now that have gone through the same thing. You know, she had cancer. And um, whenever I find somebody suffering with that, to be able to say, I understand, you know, and this was my outlook and my path because of it, just live, live bigger. Beautiful.
1: So, so, Laura, um, you mentioned the Ellen DeGeneres show and, and how creative you could be there. Uh, how has how that part of your career influenced how you lead the people function at United Shore?
2: I think a lot of it is um, being open-minded. I love celebrating um, people's differences. So, um, you know, some may look at people like in a, in a capacity that as a company, you need people that... Uh, think all the same, don't have unique ideas, kind of have to conform. Um, I love that we are this broad mix of abilities. Um, I love people that think differently. I love the notion that um, no idea is a a stupid idea, you know, (laughs) because even any idea sparks other people's, you know, mindset and innovation. Um, So I think that from kind of that boot camp of Ellen of working with so many different people and LA's a melting pot all around the world, like amazing people and the talents I got to work with. I love seeing our people that unique here. I'm like, gosh, everybody's just so special. Mm -hmm. And having a a brand name of being a talk show doesn't mean that even today, people that work at a mortgage company can't be as special and create that kind of an impact. So I think it just kind of gave me a broader lens of like, everybody just has something dynamic to give. And um, it's even kind of fun to pull that out, you know, for people, because we have the Every company has, you know, your wallflowers, people are a little more quiet Mm -hmm. and I seek out this island, you know, because I think that talk show background gave me that of I ask amazing questions and I almost have a joke when I have lunch with team members here that at the end of the lunch, I bet they didn't eat any of their meal because I don't stop asking questions. (laughs) So I don't give people the time to relax and even eat because I just am constantly trying to draw out what makes you unique and special.
1: Well, it's great that, that you can look for and celebrate those differences. That's super. So you, you have had such an
0: interesting career path, and you came, you know, out of the advertising and marketing, and um, what is it, what's it like? Like, do you, do you meet with um, fellow people officers and HR leaders at other companies, and how would you say you're different from others that are in similar roles? Because I think you have a pretty unique role, really, because your company's so unique.
2: I do. I actually, if, I have a quote on my wall right now that, um, it's from Inc. Magazine. And it's the definition of a cheap people officer and it says, what does this job entail? Who cares? It sounds awesome. So Uh that kind of (laughs) drives me because um, for me um, in my role, HR is a piece of it. So I also have training. I have leadership development. um, I have the building design. I have all the elements that support corporate culture, um, client service, uh, marketing. So I have a big array of things. And really what comes down to is how do we take care of our people and our clients Um, I also believe that great ideas don't just come from within these walls. I love connecting with people at other companies. Um, I love asking for companies to let me in. So even, um, we have over a million square feet of office space. I've designed it all. I again, I'm an advertising major. I don't have the pedigree for designing workspace. Mm -hmm. It's just a passion and where there's a will, there's a way. So in designing our current headquarters in Pontiac, Michigan, I took off to California and I asked YouTube, let me in, Twitter, Salesforce, Mm -hmm. Google, um, everyone that would open their doors to me. And what I've learned the secret of success is people love talking about themselves and what they're great at. Mm -hmm. So guess what guys, you're great at what you do. Google Mecca epicenter of kind of like the birth of workplace culture, you know, visually Mm -hmm. and workplace design, let me in. And no one said no. And so that's just kind of my style, even um, if you haven't, when you go to Las Vegas, go to Zappos, their cultural tour, being able to just take in from their environment and their thought process. All these things aren't necessarily going to be our way, but I think they inspire me to think a little different here. Um, I don't think any of those, um, their tactics I've ever kind of cookie cutter, like lifted, but I do borrow, (laughs) you know, I borrow from people that are doing things great. Um, I even think in the background here, visual, um, you can see this little orange license plate so every team member here on their desk has a license plate and that mm. serves as their kind of like name tent card. It gives them um, what their name is when they start at the company. We're a residential lender, so it's that license plate's kind of neighborhood-esque. Um, when I went to Zappos, I saw that they have name cards on their desks because they have an open work environment, no cubicles. Even the CEO doesn't have an office, but they change color every five years for ten year. Mm. So I borrowed that idea, mm-hmm. we do that here. Mm-hmm. So if you were walking through our work environment, Orange means I've worked here over five years. It turns to green mm-hmm. when you're at ten. So when it comes to team member appreciation and borrowing for people that are great, people just want that recognition. They don't want the gift card. They don't want mm-hmm. the Mercedes, or the Rolex, as mm-hmm. they hit you know milestones in their tenure. They want the color. They want it to turn orange and they want green, and that mm-hmm. symbolizes for people their success here as a company. So and I gain those things, and I love anytime I get out to see other companies and those magical little little things because the little things are the biggest things for us those little tiny steps the intention the high fives the birthday balloons that we give that means everything and anytime i can get out and be inspired by other companies i get really fired up of like whoa we didn't think of that because we're never done like there's just never you know we're never kind of stagnant relaxed i'm like yeah we got it all we're pretty good workplace awards. we're doing fine (laughs) like i love and crave like what is it what's the next thing
0: That's awesome. So, I mean, here you have built this uh, big office space that's 99% empty right now. And all your people are out there working from home and all that. What is the, I mean, that has to be the biggest challenge. What's coming up differently now for you in your daily job?
2: Oh, so much. And I guess one thing I should note, so it doesn't seem like I'm irresponsible. We are a designated um, essential business right now with what's going on because we're financial space. Um, so I am, we only have a 1% of our company of 6,000 that's here right now in the building. Um, it is very lonely because we, we know our magic is being together. We are very unique structure in the way that our, we don't have any form zero um, workplace work from home. There's no workplace flexibility. You show up here every day because, um, Similar to sports and our CEO, Matt Ashby, he played on a Michigan State National Champion Basketball Team. And a lot of those sports philosophies and the isms flood into what we do. We show up every day on the court and we play together and we went together. So when overnight we had to get you know, 6,000 people working from home, like, holy, holy cow. It has been very difficult, but not so much from like a business aspect. We've got it. You know, we're able to still fulfill. Um, we're number one mortgage lender. Like we're able to fill all that. But the thing that was a struggle is the people component. Um, just as we're doing right now, technology driving that, the more we can see each other. And it doesn't even matter if it's a one-on-one with one of my leaders, or if I have a Zoom meeting with 12 people, like we have to like, we have to be together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been one of the biggest struggles is. We still need our rituals, we still need the daily cadence. We hear, like back to sports, is we have a daily huddle every morning with our teams. 100% of the company has a daily huddle. And team sizes are basically from 12 to 16 people. Every day now, virtually, you are still doing at the same exact time your daily huddles. So you're still gathering like a go-to meeting or a Zoom meeting, your squad, and you're still doing exactly what you would do in person because we need to. Like we really have to do that because that's our magic of what makes our business move forward being together, seeing each other, giving shout-outs, talking about today's objectives, um, the victories from yesterday, and motivating each other. And since it is craved so much right now, a lot of our teams are doing that again in the afternoon. You know, Normally here in the office, we wouldn't have to be doing that twice, but right now we need it. Um, so I think that that's been one of the biggest challenges, is how do you still fulfill what makes us so unique as a company? Because you're not sure what's it's as unique as our people. Right now you take the people away from it, and the people can't be together, and it's just a job. So it's our requirement right now that we still get very creative with those touch points. I'm
0: just so inspired because, you know, I'm a big, huge believer that you can't have had good customer experience for your brokers and the people that you deal with sort of outside the company unless internally the employees are feeling that same, Uh, you know, comfort level and the barriers are being knocked down and everything. They can then go ahead and turn to the outside customers and give good service. And it's obviously working.
2: Wow. Happy people, happy clients.
1: <laughs> yeah. so, so, Laura, um, you know, we've been reading a lot about mass layoffs across industries due, due to the coronavirus. Um, but as you mentioned previously, um, United Shore has chosen not to furlough any of its employees. What was the discussion behind that that led to that dis- decision?
2: Um, in the company's history, um, we have never laid off anybody since 1986 um of course none of us could have prepared you can have business continuity plans all day but even when we've had those discussions like weather related or something to do with one of our buildings like it's never um come down to this which is i think the unexpected challenge for a lot of companies in a company of our size we from the early onset of discussions that is just not just our goal but our promise and our commitment so how can we make sure that going through this that um as Matt Ishbia you know said and was quoted in his interviews of like Go to us team members. We had a company-wide meeting. I'll sleep on your couch before I lay anybody off. So we are family-led. We're a private company. And there's struggles as you get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, But that crazy commitment that we made sure that we are always going to be protected, we're always going to have the smart game plan in order to make sure our people never suffer. Um, Because we're even seeing it right now with our team members at home, which doesn't mean that their spouse is not laid off. Um, People that have spouses, we have... Um, team members who doctors and nurses, and they're just they they have their life stress right now. They're maybe hurting economically. They're hurting um, their family. They're hurting because they're trying to homeschool people. Um, for us to hurt them in another capacity, if there's any way to prevent that, we don't have to. Um, is special. And then knowing those conversations behind the scenes, and then making that public commitment to make sure that people know that, because even we can let people, you know, even casual as leaders and team members are in the huddles. Don't worry, everybody's got their job, and you're secure. People are so fearful right now that in order to really make them truly feel secure, was you know publicly stating that for everybody to know. So um, it's just I'm very proud to work for a company like this. That even when I started, we had 500 people. You know, we have 6,000 now. And I remember that day when via um, and his father founded the company. It said um, a big stress point was they didn't know anybody's everybody's name anymore. Like they were so proud to know everybody's name, their children's names, and we got so big that they couldn't know everybody's names anymore. And and I feel like kind of in that day, I was like, this is my company. Like I'm here to stay. When you care that much, so.
0: that's great. What's what's going to happen now? Like when you're thinking about obviously hopefully we're going to get out of this and we're going to start bringing people into the building again. Um, What do you think your biggest challenges are that you're dealing with right now when, you know, just the transition for when this crisis is over or ending? Yeah. I'm
2: currently um, crafting our return to work playbook. (laughs) So um, it's a very difficult thing to craft and put together because uh, it basically, you know, it's the, it can say generically week one, (laughs) But, but I feel like when you couldn't, get ahead of a lot of these things. This is something I need to get ahead of. Um, But uh, with the 6,000 working from home, it didn't mean that they had equipment to work from home. So we allowed people literally to physically take their equipment from their desktop. So you had a PC here and you had two monitors. Like we had a program where you could pull up your car and you could take those things home. So... That great effort to get people working from home with their equipment to have the optimal efficiency, well, shoot, how do you reverse that and get everybody back? <laughs> so in this playbook, I have categorically working with our IT leaders, what is that return to work for the equipment? Um, and then, of course, it's not just bringing your equipment back safely, but it's trying to figure out how to reconnect that many people. And then we know, or the way I'm approaching it, it's the reverse phases of how we exit it is kind of how we return we're not all dancing in the streets, right? When we're able to return, it's gonna be that very slow roll. I'm imagining social distancing still happening, so aggressive um, disinfecting that we're doing every day. We screen everybody at the door as they come in. So right now I'm trying to, I think the biggest challenge is making sure that I'm thinking of every um, possible question, every avenue, but I don't know the details. Right. I, I know the must to return to the workplace. I don't know how many can come back yet. Um, I don't know what restrictions are still going to be placed, but I just know that the, the safety of everybody is going to be prominent. And then just making sure we give the care that they come back and feel like they can come back um, with that type of like client service and customer service to be able to get back on their feet quickly. And it's not clunky. And yeah. I think, and I think one of the ways we'll do that is we'll, we'll bring back the leaders first. We have 600 leaders. So if I can bring back those leaders mm-hmm. first, they're naturally socially distanced because they sit within a run of desks, so they're not sitting by other people. Mm-hmm. And then they can help direct the reentry of everybody else. So there's some tools that I think are, you know, obvious, but it's going to, there'll, there'll be a learning curve. But I think the way that we lead here too, is we know that um, you can't expect perfection. You know, we learn in everything that we do, but we all hold each other up and we've got it. We'll be all right.
0: Sounds like, um, it reminds me of journey mapping, Tom, you know, when people look at every little part of a customer, uh, interaction with a business or whatever, it sounds like you're going through that exact thing, kind of in micro detail.
2: Oh, completely. And if we can't ensure an ease of return to the workplace, then again, you think of what's going to happen on the client end, you know, if people are stressed out, if people are strained, mm-hmm. if it's unfamiliar. And one of the messages I keep saying is, um, You know, I'm in this building now and our business is afloat and we are still succeeding. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to return to the building and think it's been mothballed, you know, for months. Like we're Mm -hmm. very um, around the clock here. I still have people sanitizing all the time, even though people Mm -hmm. aren't here. You know, Mm -hmm. I walk through the door every single morning to the same security guard Mm -hmm. that asks me my symptoms and how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. In my position, it doesn't matter. (laughs) He's asking the CEO Mm -hmm. the same thing. If he comes here to the building that like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're just, we have this cadence and we're going to keep that up when people return.
1: Great, right. thank you. Well, fi- finally, we'd like to hear about what makes United Shore so special in terms of its uh, people practices. Uh, okay. First, you know, I'm taken with, a, with your title. Um, while, while other organizations might have a VP of Human o- Resources, you occupy, occupy the role of Chief People Officer. Why has United Shore decide, decided to make that distinction?
2: Uh, I started at the company when I began nine years ago. Um, My role was marketing. We didn't have a real marketing footprint. Um, Our sales team marketed themselves. So when you think back to that 10 plus years ago when the large fonts or the highlighted text would just scream at people on the other end. So um, I was very excited to come in and bring some order to that. But in coming into the company, it wasn't just marketing. Um, I started, uh, I've always just been an opportunity person. Where um, if there's a need, I jump in and I help. And titles, frankly, don't matter to me. Um, I just like to make a difference. So back in that um, era here, we didn't have somebody doing travel for our sales team. So I was like, oh, I can pull together travel. Um, we didn't have somebody really, really focused on recruiting efforts. Oh, let me help. So I just started, um, and you know, some people can think wearing many hats is not great. I love the many hats because mm-hmm. I can learn from all of those. So I just started collecting all of these abilities and things that I could do and it was when I was on maternity leave with my second son that um, Matt, CEO, called and he just said, "You know, I'm thinking of moving some teams to report to you." And he just started giving me the, this list, you know, client service and you know, keep marketing, and then HR is going to be yours, and then like, but I'm an am the advertising major, like I don't know that you should have given me HR. He's like, "But you're going to have a team equipped to do the technical things, but I want your vision to lead it." Huh. So. We even, I, I'll never forget that conversation of, well, what do we call this role? And then our first pillar is our people are our greatest asset. And he's mm-hmm. like, this, this is truly taking care of our people and taking the company to the next level. Sure, we can be number one in mortgages and number one in what we do. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we retain that of our people are our differentiator. How do you stay number one in people? Mm-hmm. And so it's a it's a title that comes with kind of that weight. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, what is a chief people officer, you know, and people, uh, my, my annoyance is when people say it's chief people person. I'm like, ah, don't, I'm not the like of the party. Don't become calling a chief people person, <laughs> but I am a good caretaker. So I kind of look at myself as a chief caretaker. Um, but in my role, I've created that bond with Matt that he is so good in the financial space. That's not, that's truly not my gift, um, being a, a creative and a dreamer. My gift is um, I bring the Disney to what we do. I bring the experience. Oh, and by the way, I'm a huge Disney nerd. Um, So when you Mm -hmm. think of that, all the companies I listed, Disney all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But examples of how I've been able to implement programs here, like I'll give you one that I love, is um, in our intranet, we have this platform called Pay It Forward. So as a team member here on a day-to-day basis, even right now working from home, you do a great job on a job and you earn points for a catalog of good. So if I earn 50 points as a team member, I can go into this virtual catalog and it shows highlighted charities and they change frequently. It could be monthly, it could be relevant to the times. Like right now, you know, we have um, COVID-19 related charities of how we can help. And as a team member, my points go towards tangible items to help. It Mm. could be, say, sporting good equipment for our Special Olympics. It could be pounds of food for a local pantry like Forgotten Harvest. And by team members electing where our dollars go, we do more good. So in all these large companies, you can write checks all day for charity, but in being able to implement that program here, I was able to shift the giving to the hands of our team members, the focus charities or charities they ask for that they want. If they're passionate about animals, you can find that um, in this platform. If it's um, about national charities down to the local level, um, we're always kind of shifting this and also educating team members at the same time to do more good. And then it's so fun when you launch a platform like that that I never stop, I never let somebody collect dust. So then we started doing the charitable hours here and how do we connect that to those charities? Um, when we heard um, in the media that one of our charities on our platform of Get Forward was shutting down their shelter right before Christmas, we started telling team members, dial up your points and start dumping them, tilted it towards that charity so we can keep it afloat. Um, So I think it's pretty phenomenal. Even Forgotten Harvest, the pantry that we, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the food distribution and giving, um, helping them by launching something so unique um, that is appreciative of team members, um, but at the same time, um, that it can keep growing to to other realms that we didn't know were possible.
0: So um, you mentioned uh, people are our greatest asset. You know, in some ways it's kind of almost – uh, cliche that people laugh at, you know, in a, sar- in a sarcastic, cynical way sometimes. And I know it's not meant that way there. Um, and I know another one, just from reading about the company, that continuous improvement is another one of your pillars. What are the other ones, and how do you make sure everybody knows what they are? Uh, order-
2: um, you have to make them evident. Um, and it's not just um, – like when I – when I started and a lot of other companies have like their mission statement and we had a mission statement and I don't even know what it was because we just, if it's not in your heart and your mind and you can't recite it, then what is it? And so um, I was a part of that push here of developing what these pillars were and with it, it came from our people. So I'm not of that style of you just kind of like, this is what it is. I really believe in it, but I love that they were rooted in our people's beliefs. So with our people, our greatest asset, again, we know that's our differentiator and it can sound like a hokey line, but you come here and you feel it and you see it. Um, continuous improvement right now. That pillar is so essential for the fact that we're working at home and how do we even get better? Because every day we're training here. I don't care if you've been here for 10 days or 10 years, um, we're constantly improving in what we do. And so right now being able to push that virtually and do remote trainings has been so exciting. Um, services, everybody's responsibility is another pillar. Um, that is very important to me and team members here because it's all of us. It's not just the service we give to our clients, but how we treat each other. So we have internal... SLAs that, like, you always get back to each other, hopefully immediately, but if not that, within three hours. Um, But that even taken to the next level, because, again, I'm that style of, like, never stop somewhere. Um, In my role, um, we used to outsource teams like janitorial, security. Every team member here is our team members. We don't outsource those roles now, because those people have more interactions internally than I'm going to in a day. People that clean our restrooms, like they're so as important as everybody else. But the fact that they are greeting more team members than like I have the capacity to do in a day. So service like is all of us. So every single role here matters. And I think that that's like really sticks with that pillar. Um, I love the pillar that we are thumb pointers, not finger pointers, because it shows accountability. So if something goes wrong, we're never going to be, you know, yeah. throwing somebody under the bus of like, Tom, darn it. <laughs> like it, it was him. So instead, and that came from, it's the same that um, coach Tom iso says, um, be a thumb pointer. So how do you take accountability and figure out how you could have been better in that moment? Um, and another is um, fun and friendship. Everything that we do um, we make sure that we are having a blast and mm-hmm. that's where I think it really drives me. And sure. I've, the stress of the current environment like I have a lot on my plate um, a lot of challenges that are very heavy um, but what I crave and I thrive in is just opportunity to be better tomorrow than we are today um, and to make sure we're always positive and that we can we can make sure that we're united and we find a positive um, element in anything but also the fun and friendship we have the chance to appreciate our people I kind of dip back into my Hollywood background and we have a blast mm-hmm. Um, we just had the chain Chainsmokers, um, one of the, you know, top um, groups in America at our holiday party. Um, we have a dance party here at the company every Thursday at 3 o'clock. Where we, um, they're a mortgage company. We have resident DJs because we're more than what we do in the life of the loan process. So we have people spinning music and different themes every Thursday. And today at 3 o'clock, if you go to our Facebook page, like we're doing it virtually right now. So we have people dancing from their homes at 3 o'clock every Thursday still because you need that, you know, regular cadence. But it's fun to see people with their children dancing, and it's such a bigger effort right now. And again, we need it. Like, we need to see each other's faces, and we need to smile, and we need to laugh, mm-hmm. and then we are done after that 10-minute touch point, and we get back to grinding and being the best at what we do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Awesome. So I think um, pillars are important when you when you feel it, and you know it, and you. I don't need to see it on a wall. Like it, I, I go home and I talk to my little boys about being a thumb pointer, not a finger pointer when they're mm-hmm. arguing. <laughs> so. Yeah
0: you know, I worked at GM for a number of years. I forget how many of those 3 p.m. dance parties I missed. And I really find
1: where that was. <laughs> you, you, you were probably at the 3 p.m. happy hour, that's why.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> so, Laura, you, you've touched on um, some of your people practices. I, I, I've also read about uh, valet parking and on-site workout facilities for employees. Uh, could you talk us through some of the other people practices that you're most proud of and the uh, thinking that went behind their creation? For
2: sure. Um, and, gosh, I hope you guys can join for a tour once we're able to all kind of be back together. Absolutely. in the Absolutely. Um, because what I love and what I think is so different from us, and we call it a firm 40. So for our team members, we want to focus, dedicate it eight hours a day and then go home to what you work for. So by having a lot of these on-site amenities and benefits, it's special because it's not good to get people to work more. Of their day is to take care of things so that they can mm-hmm. uh, have that time back for their family or what, to, what they work for. So um, we have the on-site gym and even of like, sure, I can have an on-site fitness facility, but my style is I lean on the people that are experts and great at what they do. So I asked the Detroit Red Wings, they had just built their training room um, over at Little Caesars Arena as we were building our gym facility. Hey, can you help me? Can you help me plot out the layout? Can you help me? Mm-hmm. What do we need? We have locker rooms in there. We have towel service. Um, we have a wellness coordinator that has from yoga to Zumba and more. Right now we're doing those courses virtually so people don't miss out. Um, we have co-ed leagues because we have an indoor basketball court. So with our again, CEO having played for yeah. a national championship team, we also have um, six other players. Moutine Cleaves works here as well as a leadership coach. Been um, having this basketball court. For me, again, it's bigger than a basketball court. Mm-hmm. By the way, designing a basketball court, I never thought I would do it in my career, but <laughs> pulled that off. But um, on that court, we do dodgeball leagues or we have wellness fairs. Um, we do so many amazing things because it's just mixed-use space for everything. Um, so I think those are big benefits. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is bringing an on-site doctor's office. We have a primary care doctor's office on-site. Wow. That was a very difficult decision because um, I'm, to this day, always ask about what about the daycare? I've looked into daycare, but what's hard is that doesn't serve 100% of the population. A doctor's office does. And then we started that three years ago. And so again, in this current time and climate, like if people have wellness needs right now, if they have any health concerns, they can immediately get on telemedicine wise with our doctors that they know from being here in the office and how great that is. And even to extend it to their family members during this time. So I think a doctor's office is one of those things that I'm very grateful to have pushed for. Um, because with our median age of being 31, wellness being everything, you find people don't take that PTO time to go to the doctor when it's in-house and you can call and be seen same day in 20 minutes or less. And then it's more of the um, concierge model that they know you, they know about your kids, they check mm-hmm. in on you. It's mm-hmm. not um, waiting in a waiting room with you know 20 other people to waste two hours to be seen. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I really love that benefit. <laughs> and then I'm inspired by... Back to the Google, um, be inspired by other people on how they do things, and how they do it well. Um, I love their model that you can just extend the convenience. You don't have to pay for everything. So we have um, drop-off pickup dry cleaning. Don't have to pay for that. Um, we have an amazing on-site cafeteria, um, the in-house caterer. Um team members pay for that. We don't subsidize it today, but we do give out free fruit and we have free pop. Maybe that counteracts all the wellness mm-hmm. initiatives, but yeah, free pop. Um and it's just really great to be able to yeah, there you go. <laughs> Cheers. <Very laughs> to be good. able to have breakfast and healthy lunch. Um we even do take home meals, like it could be pizza mm-hmm. night that you can be leaving for the day and for mm-hmm. five bucks grab a pizza. Cause again, I do these things so that you can focus on your family. You know, I'm a parent and I take a lot of the things that are hardships for myself of like, I just want to go home. You wanna go on bike rides with your kids that sometimes you don't want to make the full-fledged dinner, grab the pizza on the way out and mm-hmm. let us take care of that for you. So it's all those little conveniences and even the things that I can't commit to here on site full time. I bring a dental truck. You know, I try to partner with people in the community of what do you have and what can I extend to our people? Mm-hmm. So being able to bring a dentist truck, like how cool and weird mm-hmm. is that, right? Mm-hmm. But every time we've done it, um, the blocks of time are full. I've brought and partnered with Pet Boys. They've come on site and fixed people's cars. Um, they catch tires and the, the check uh, engine light that you can never deal with. You don't want to spend your lunch hour or take PTO time or do on your weekends. We do that here. So I love um, those thoughts of what mm-hmm. can I bring to people to make their life easier. Sometimes we can pick up the tab. Other times it's just the appreciation of convenience. And right before we were all sent home for the stay home order, I had a produce truck coming. There was a produce company that was willing to partner mm-hmm. with us and it was pretty much zero touch. Like, I was able to pick the bundle of groceries and produce I wanted, mm. and then I was assigned a time to come to the truck, and I went to the truck, and the lo- mm. loveliest people were handing me a box, and mm. there you go. <laughs> so it's those little details that I think mm. mean so much to people.
1: Well, this, is, this has been a great discussion, and, you, you know, you've really whetted our appetite for for your full presentation in the fall. We're so excited to have you. Um, you. I want to thank you for the time that, you spent with us today in in inaugurating the Tom and Bob Show. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor, and please always share best practices. It's what fuels all of us.
1: Uh, Thanks again. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining
0: us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, and visit cxofm.org for more resources.